morning. Just, could we stick the first page of the declaration back up? Is that all right? Um, that center paragraph there, I think that's what we need to focus on this morning. And you felt it this morning. There is uh, God's presence is here. There is an anointing uh, for the outpouring of his love. And I'm speaking this morning on breakthrough. And I believe that's just so key as to what God has been speaking into this morning. And I believe God is stirring our faith for increased expectation, for breakthrough in areas of our personal lives, and for breakthrough as this church community in all that we're doing. And so I I feel we need to to stand and engage with this. Would you do that with me first off this morning? Um, We're just going to... We need to just say the middle line of this. So say this with me. We choose to partner with you in the increase of your kingdom. We say it again. We choose to partner with you in the increase of your kingdom. We'll do it once more. We choose to partner with you in the increase of your kingdom. Let's all start to pray. I encourage you just to pray out. Seek God right now. Trust that there are areas of your life that you are seeking breakthrough in that he is speaking over this morning. This could be problems that you're facing, but it doesn't have to be. This could be dreams that you have. This could be your ambitions. This could be areas that you want to see God break through in. This could be your family. This could be your workplace. This could be your health. This can be your finances. God is wanting to take you further and for you to see areas of breakthrough in which you haven't previously seen of things that have previously you've thought were impossible are now going to become normal. Father God, we just, we partner with you and the supernatural nature of your kingdom and your glory. And we say we are with you. We run with you. Would you stir our faith? Would you increase us? Would you give us a greater expectation of you? Amen. That's a good start right there. You can sit down. Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> Dave, would you stick the Isaiah first up there? Um, the, have a, have a sermon today with a, with a small scope for you. <laughs> of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Do you guys believe the Bible? Yes, it's in there. <laughs> right. Of the increase of his government, of his influence, of his reign on this earth, there will be no end of the increase. And we are part of that. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. I want to speak about breakthrough. It's great. I've, I've had this on my heart for a while. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that God has been already speaking into this in our worship this morning. Um, we want to see, er, see progress in areas where previously we didn't have much hope. We want to see achieving things that we never thought could be done. Of the, the miraculous becoming reality. As that's what we're called to, that is our privilege, to be part of this ever-increasing kingdom. We experience God in ever greater measure. And um, I just, God, I, I, uh, I love tuning into to God and God speaking to me through a variety of things. And that, uh, that includes Dr. Zeus. I don't know if we've got any Zeus fans. Yes. Well, my parents, that's because... Uh, <laughs> Guess how that? Guess that's how where that came from. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, but, but 
Whenever I get up and uh, we, so before the meeting, we have to get up and roam around doing a mic check um, so that the guys at the back can check how we sound. And so you have to be saying something. And I've always tended to quote Dr. Seuss whilst I'm wandering around up here just so they can get the sound levels. Normally it's green eggs and ham or occasionally the cat in the hat. But this morning I got up and I was wandering around and I was uh, reciting uh, All the Places You'll Go. Um, which is my favorite Dr. Seuss book. And I highly encourage you to read this Dr. Seuss book. It is uh, very moving and deeply inspirational um, about the adventures uh, that you can have. I think God says that (laughs) to us this morning. Oh, the places you'll go. We do not yet know the depths (laughs) of what God has called us to and the adventures that he has called us to. The places that you'll go, it's going to be beyond your imagination. And read Dr. Seuss as well. It's good. <laughs> so breakthrough and the increase is something that we're passionate about as a church because we are delighted of all that God has done in our midst, aren't we? And we've seen amazing things so far. And over the last few years, I believe that we have seen breakthrough in areas and God had influence in areas that before were never even on our radar. And we're thankful for that. I mean, just in the last year, we've seen provision for people in their finances, jobs, family circumstances. We've seen miraculous healings. There are great testimonies from just over the summer. Um, I, was, I had the privilege of, of being here yesterday at Heaven in Healthcare, where we had more than 100 uh, people involved in healthcare, Christians in the, in the UK, come together to, to partner about dreaming big for God's influence within the healthcare environment and the testimonies of things that God is already doing and the healings that God is bringing. We heard testimonies of A&E pastors in Sheffield bringing healing to the staff and the patients within that emergency department and bringing an atmosphere of peace to that area, which can be chaos, um, as everyone knows. And we're hearing testimonies of healing from David's tent over the summer of things that we we previously had never thought, never seen before, of eczema visibly disappearing before people's eyes. Just grab Sasha at some point and just go find her and say, can you tell me more of what you saw there? I know there's a whole team there. Anyone that was in that healing tent team there, just go and be encouraged more. But... Are we going to settle for what we've already seen? Thank you, Pete. You're not. (laughs) Pete Aiton right there is going to press on and take the kingdom. No, we are grateful and we are awestruck at God and we worship our God who brings life and wholeness and then we look to see what else he might do amongst us. We want the supernatural to be normal. We want the miraculous to be expected and for ever-increasing breakthrough as time goes on. And expecting that is for absolutely all of us. This is not just for a few superstars with the rest of us clapping politely on the sidelines. We celebrate God's victory and we, and we commend people on their faith and we celebrate that. But whenever we see that, it shows us what is possible. We should be developing a momentum as a family and and cultivating this atmosphere of faith that empowers those that are exposed to it. And God is showing us more of what is possible. And as our faith is growing, we want to see greater things. Um, And so 
I wanted to share a story that's been on my mind uh, recently that I think illustrates some of this principle of being showed what is possible. So, quick history question. Who was the first man to run the, the, the mile in under four minutes? Roger Bannister. Absolutely. Good. 9 a.m. service. You're well read. You're alert. You're go-getters, aren't you? Early, early morning people. It's good. <coughs> Roger Bannister. This was a man that had actually, before he did that, he'd actually considered quitting athletics altogether. He'd run the 1500 metres at the 1952 Olympics uh, with the aim of winning a medal. He came fourth. He didn't didn't get a medal. And yet somehow he knew he wasn't done. um, And he trained with a determined focus on running a mile in less than four minutes. And this was a record um, that had been deemed unbeatable. Some scientists at the time claimed that this was impossible, that this was the limit of human athletic ability, that we had got as far as could be gone, and that was just it. That was was how much people could achieve. As far as we know, it had never been achieved in human history, thousands of years, and people thought this was impossible. And then one man showed that it could be done. On the 6th of May, 1954, at Oxford, Roger Bannister ran the mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. And a record that had stood for the entirety of human history had been broken, and people were shown what could be achieved. So my follow-up question, this will really test you, who was the second man to run the four-minute mile? No, Roger Bannister Bannister again, yes, good effort. (laughs) Thanks. My mum, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's an Australian man called, an Australian man called John Landy. Um, and do you know when he did it? Uh, within, within two months. Okay. The record stood for less than two months before it was broken again. Um, it had taken thousands of years for that to be achieved. And then I think the world knew it was possible. On 21st of June, 1954, John Landy ran the mile in 3 minutes, 58 seconds. Within the year after that, three more men had run the mile in under four minutes in one race. The third-place finisher achieved a feat that two years before that had been deemed entirely impossible. And it has now become the normal for uh, professional male athletes to run the mile in under four minutes. That is now standard for professional athletes. Roger Bannister achieved breakthrough and he showed what was possible and now thousands of people have followed in his steps and that has become normal. I think that's a great kingdom illustration. Sometimes we just need to be shown what's possible in order to achieve breakthrough. I believe God is showing us more. Yeah, he is. Thank you. And sometimes we can learn from others and we can learn from uh, their example. Um, We just need to know that the impossible can now be done. And all throughout the Bible, there are stories of God showing his people that with him all things are possible and that things that were seemingly out of reach were made available. And sometimes breakthrough for the people of God was initiated because someone showed them what could be done. Would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17 with me? David and Goliath. What a great story. I love David and Goliath. I don't have time to read the whole chapter due to time constraints. Although, I must say, you know, 
I'm used to preaching through to 12.15, so <laughs> we, we could do that. No. So, anyway, um, I won't read the whole chapter, but I hope you've done the pre-sermon study. You were all expected to watch the VeggieTales episode, Dave and the Giant Pickle. No? Oh. Did, they, did they not put that in the update? Oh. How am I supposed to inspire you if you won't watch the VeggieTales episode, Dave and the Giant Pickle? Anyway. So... <laughs> Israel had been terrified of this giant, and for 40 days, no one had had the courage to fight him. Uh, No one had the courage to fight any of the Philistines. The whole army was inactive, and it was scared, and they thought there was no way for this giant to fall. And then up steps David. We'll read from verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And hear this. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He already had his mind on wider things. He already knew. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. But the Philistine, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Now in verse 52, we see the impact that this had on the people of God. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. The dead were strewn along with the Sharim road to Gath and Ekron. And the Philistines returned from chasing the Philistines. They plundered their camp. The Philistines were defeated. The Israelites won a great victory off the back of one man's breakthrough. And as I say, I think David already, David already knew this. David trusted God, but he, he knew that he was going to fight an individual breakthrough. But then he inspired others to follow suit. And I want us just to learn a few brief lessons from from David um, of how we can engage in in seeing breakthrough. And I think that um, just some some keys to that that God gives. So three points. One is to learn from the past. One is to be encouraged by others. And one is to keep taking bigger steps. So first of all, learning from the past. I have to think, what made David certain he would be victorious? In this circumstance. Because that's a big ask, isn't it? You know, you're facing a nine-foot giant. You've got the sling. Stone. Well, David knew God, and he knew God saved, and he knew God was with him. However, nowhere in the passage do we see that it says specifically that God spoke to David about this circumstance. If I was... If it was me facing a giant, I, I definitely would be wanting the audible voice from heaven saying, go forth and conquer, because, <laughs> you know, stand there. David doesn't seem, didn't mention this, and he just seems confident that God will come through for him. 
And David knew the promises of God, and I reckon he also knew his history, because he wasn't the first person of the people of God to fight a giant. And this is important. God's people had defeated giants in the past, and there are many examples throughout the early Old Testament. I'll give you a couple of my favorites. In Deuteronomy 3, Moses and the Israelites defeated a giant. Does anyone know his name? No, Anak's coming later. No, this is the best giant name in the Bible. This is Og, king of Bashan. Isn't that, I, I kid you not, that is there. Isn't that a great giant name? Og, king of Bashan. <laughs> All right, it is there. That, that's almost Lord of the Rings style, isn't it? That, that's perfect. Um, I had this in my, in my children's, my ladybird children's Bible as a, as a boy. There was a picture of Og, king of Bashan, this giant man with a giant, well, I think it's actually a mace. As a boy, I knew it as a bommy knocker. Um, but, uh, yeah, this giant club. And there was, there's this very vivid picture, and I still remember that. Um, Og, king of Bashan, um, recorded in the scripture that his bed was 13 feet long, which gives, I mean, maybe he didn't take up all of it. We don't know. But anyway, he was, he was a big man. Um, and, and God promised to deliver him into their hands and they defeated him we also had anak mentioned the anak the anakites were a, were a race of giants they were descended from anak who lived in canaan at the time that israel was conquering the land uh, that joshua took them into the land and i love the stories in joshua 14 and 15 we read about caleb driving them out aged 85 like you do yes because <laughs> he knew that god had given him that land and he went and made it his own. So David wasn't just there going, oh, okay, what happens here? David knew. He said, I, I know that God has done this before. And I think that's what helped him uh, to, to trust again. Because the Israelites seem to have forgotten this. They just stood there quaking and afraid. But I think David knew the old stories. And we know that if God has done something in the past, that he can do it again because he is faithful, he is constant and true. And we can expect the same things. Sometimes we do get a clear instruction from God and it's very important to hear the active voice of God. We walk step in step by him and sometimes we feel there's specific things we are called to take on um, in terms of the miraculous or just in terms of daily life that God speaks to us specifically. And sometimes... We don't actually hear that, but we know, actually, I know what God has spoken. This is already a promise of God. Okay? You don't need to hear the specific audible voice of God to pray for people to be healed. Because, in fact, we know that that is God's heart for wholeness. We've seen God do it before, and we know that he will do that again. And sometimes we need to be encouraged by things from the past. And in actual fact, we sometimes, we look back, if you're familiar with the God's generals stories, of actually, there, there were people in the past, like Catherine Coleman and all Roberts, there's George Muller, there's people that in actual fact saw levels of breakthrough in the past that in actual fact right now we not, might not be quite experiencing. And we can look at that not with shame at our loss, but actual fact with hope and inspiration, knowing God has done it before so he can do it again in our day. And sometimes we also need to be encouraged by our, our own past. Especially if you're feeling a bit discouraged or a bit low or, or you feel you're facing a giant. If circumstances are hard, sometimes we just need to, need to look back and go, God, I know you have been with me in the past and I know that you will do this again. And I, can, I, I say that, I, I, can, 
I've had this myself. I've shared bits of this in the past about some of the struggles that I had a few years ago when I first moved here. And there were things from my past that in actual fact ultimately I drew on that strengthened me and that actual fact have helped me kind of start to step out again. Because especially with healing, um, I grew up praying for the sick to be healed um, and seeing God do miracles. I, not every time. You know, it's not, that was not my whole childhood. There was some Lego involved as well. Uh, um, but, and Dr. Seuss, yes, thank you. Um, uh, however, I, I, I did see some significant healings um, as a child and as a teenager and then in my, as a young adult. And then in 2009, we moved back here to Kent and I, long story, I, got, very, I got, got ill in a variety of ways and rather bitter and, and angry and lost hope. Um, and I stopped praying for people because I wasn't being healed. And, you know, fortunately, God was still good. Joe stood by me amongst others. Oh, thank you, you know who you are. Um, and in time, I started to look around. First of all, I had to get over my bitterness and actually start talking to God without shouting. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a good first step. Um, <laughs> But then ultimately, I started to look around and I thought, you know, I've stopped praying for the sick to be healed. But I want to start that again. I'm taking that back. That's mine. Okay, because I knew and I reminded myself, look, at, I've written down some of the stories um, that I saw in the past. Said, so, I mean, just some examples. These are the things that I brought to mind and I remember and I remember what God has done. So as a teenager... We were on holiday, I burnt my hand on a stove. Um, one of those ones you can't tell whether it's hot or not. I just leant on it, and I neatly cooked my hand from this point forward. And it went red, and it blistered, and it was excruciatingly painful. And as a family on holiday, we prayed for that. And within 20 minutes in front of our eyes, the blisters had gone, the redness had gone, the pain had gone, and I went bowling. <laughs> I, re- I remember praying for a boy in South Africa as a teenager who was ill with a high fever, and as I placed my hand on his head, I felt him cool down just from the touch within seconds, and he ran away happy. I remember praying for people at university and seeing their pain go instantly, and I think, no, actually, I remember this. This is true. I've seen it happen, and now I'm taking that back. So sometimes we just need to remember our own past. If you're feeling knocked back, If you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling that you're not in the place that you were, remember what God has done in your past and take heart as well. Okay? Next point. We also need to be encouraged by others as well. We can look to others as an example of faith. Not to put them on a pedestal, but to think, actual fact, that's what's possible. That's what God is showing me. Listen to people's testimonies. Not, Not to be in awe of that person, but to be in awe of God. And like I say, we do commend, we're not saying that we do not commend people for their faith and their courage. We do. We, we want to celebrate the people in this church. Okay? But we do that, not, as I say, not with a, the idea of having a few heroes that do it all, but that in fact they are showing us what can be done. Okay? And David did this with the Israelites. As we see, David defeated Goliath. And at this point, the rest of the Israelite army rose and charged and defeated the Philistines. This is the army that had cowered in fear for 40 days beforehand, that had no confidence. And they were looking at their own strength to solve the problem. And they knew that God was with them then because they'd seen that God was with David. 
And David, as I said earlier, proclaimed that God would bring about victory. And he intended this to be a sign that God is there and that he is powerful. Verse 46, he said, bless you. Um, in many ways. <laughs> Verse 46, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And the rest of the Israelites then took hold of what is probably their... That's a very powerful and rather visual testimony, isn't it? You've got a shepherd boy holding a severed giant's head. You know, that, that, that's quite easy to get on board with. <laughs> um, and then they then enjoyed a great victory. And we aren't to rely on our others for our faith. We go to God for that. That's important. But we each, and we each have our own relationship with him. However, we can be encouraged by the faith of others, and that can help build something in us. When we hear stories of amazing miracles in our midst, and we know that God is looking for all of us to participate in this. And we're seeing areas of, of amazing breakthrough within this church. You know, delivery men being healed, teenagers seeing people healed on their paper rounds, stories of marriages being strengthened and restored, people being set free from fear and anxiety. Take heart, charge, go for it. Okay, because God is showing us what can be done. And it can be helpful to actually, on a practical level, can be helpful to hang around uh, people who have seen breakthrough in areas that you're seeking. There are, there are loads of opportunities to do that here. You know, healing rooms, ministry team, evening school, mission trips, youth, children's work, evangelism in Gravesend. There are loads of opportunities to step out in faith and to, you know, find an area where you think, well, at the moment that looks impossible to me, but it seems to be happening over there. Go join in. <laughs> okay. Just as a personal example, I share this from, from this year. I, um, I had a, a goal just to, to grow in faith and especially in evangelism and in being able to approach people with that and to show God's heart. And I also wanted uh, our youth group to be able to step out in this way. So what do you do? You grab Mark, Fiona, Alan, Zoe, Gary, and, and we did treasure hunting in, in Gravesend. And that's not a natural fit for me, um, just in terms of my background. That's, uh, that's not my natural comfort zone. I'm more, a, I'm more a submarine kind of evangelist, run silent, run deep. Um, uh, <laughs> occasionally send up a periscope. People still need Jesus up there? Yeah, that's good, that's good. good. <laughs> so hope someone takes care of that. Um, <laughs> and yet I found myself on the streets of Gravesend with a clue, with a, with treasure hunting with a clue about a Hawaiian shirt and financial needs um, and approaching someone with Hawaiian shorts because that's the closest fit that I could find. Um, and he was open to me talking to him, which was novel, um, which was good. Um, I saw, he showed him all my clues. He's like, yeah, that definitely fits the clothing. I had Joe Schultz with me. Joe, Joe Schultz had, had one name written down as his clue, and it was this man's name. Um, and so we had found John in Hawaiian shorts, um, and I asked him if he had any financial needs, and he was blown away. He, he, two days ago, he'd gone into temporary accommodation. He'd been assaulted. He, he was um, ho- effectively temporarily homeless, um, and him and his family were in amazing financial need. And he called his partner over um, just to show uh, and their, young, their young child, and he said, can you come and see? So these guys haven't met me before, and they've got this. And we were able to pray and bless them. So, finding a man on the streets, knowing his name, knowing his needs, that, that's impossible, isn't it? 
Okay, well, maybe it was. Okay, maybe it used to be, and maybe God's showing us more of what can be done. Okay, and that's the challenge there. I can now think, okay, that's my evangelism done for the year. That's good. That's a good, that's a good story. Or I think, well, that's what God's done. What's next? What's the next step? Because I just want to lead on to um, keep taking bigger steps. Because David grew in faith through smaller first steps. He had seen what God had done in the past. If we can put um, verse 36 and verse 37 up, if you just have a quick look at that. This was David's background. And uh, it says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Okay. So he had fought lions and bears. Now, that might not seem a small first step, but it's probably... uh, (laughs) But it's probably a lot less daunting than fighting a giant in full battle armor. Um, And he knew what God had done in the past. He had taken some steps. And then his automatic thinking seems to be, what's next? What are the greater things that God can do? So in David's thinking, if if we just trace his train of thought here, it seems to go... Lions, done. Bears, done. What's next? Nine-foot giant, bring it on. And that's how we need to think. That's how I'd like us to think. What giants are we going after? We never want to settle. We want our experiences up till now to be building blocks that spur us on to greater things. Dream big and don't be daunted. I love the story in, in uh, C.S. Lewis's The Horse and His Boy. Um, where Shasta, the main character, accomplishes one fairly heroic feat and then is immediately sent off on a, on a much harder, more, or seemingly more dangerous journey and is told, if you do one good deed, your reward usually is to be set to do another and harder and better one. Which can sound like a raw deal, can't it, initially? Uh, let's, let, let, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, your reward for a great deal should be to put your feet up with a cup of tea. Um, and um, as I say, I'm not talking about uh, living life foolishly and without rest. Um, but that's only there if you view this as a chore that you have to do, whereas, in fact, this is an adventure. Okay? View it as an adventure with God, and it changes your perspective because he's calling you to greater things because he has more in store for us. He's longing to reveal more of his nature and for his people to be empowered. All the places you'll go. <clears throat> and I think one illustration, I think, very good... To, to draw this is actually it's all around you. So the Eastgate building, it's an amazing achievement. This is something that the church battled for. This was uh, you know, for years. And the effort that went into achieving breakthrough in that, I don't think will ever be fully known in this lifetime. Uh, I believe heaven knows. Okay. And it's an incredible achievement. There's not been anything like this in this area before. This is actually fairly unique. Okay? So, put it, should we now go look at our accomplishment and rest and put our feet up? No. Thank you. Feet Aiden again. <laughs> okay. That's not how the kingdom works. Should we settle for just filling this building over the next 50 years? No, we have a bigger vision, a bigger heart for that. So the reward for this achievement is not to be told, job done, good, rest there. It's to be told, I have greater things for you. Hence, 
building an annex there. There's going to be a free school out the back there. Just in that field just over there, there is going to be another building where God's kingdom will be expressed in education, and we're going to partner and do that. So the, it would be so sad and tragic for us to think that this is our limitation, but fortunately none of us do, and, and I hope that you feel that. Um, and people from the outside do look on and think, are you, are you nuts? You've only, you know, you literally had this building for less than two years before the plan started going up about the free school. Okay? And people there saying, no, just consolidate what you, what you have and just, you know, don't go too fast. Okay? And as I was saying, I'm not saying we don't exercise wisdom, but I'm saying, actually, in fact, this is an ever increasing kingdom and we are partnering with that and we are excited about all that God is going to be doing. Okay, what a great opportunity. And we trust God for that. He's, you know, we feel called to attempt the impossible. Start to think of things that seem out of reach at the moment. Dare to dream. Dare to dream what we can, what, what can we do? And we want you to be part of that as the family. What can we as the family do? What are the next steps? What is God showing us? What is currently impossible that in a few, within a few years is going to be possible within this place? And remember, and in your own life as well, things that you're facing that seem impossible to you, be that your health, be that your finances, be that your relationships, nothing is impossible for God. And God, I think, is declaring that on both a corporate and a personal level this morning, that there is an anointing here for breakthrough. And in a moment, we're just going to pray, pray into that. Um, And with that, our ultimate example, our ultimate role model for this is not actually David, it's Jesus, the man who raised the dead, controlled the weather, multiplied food, and set people free. What are the, what are the, I want to see more extraordinary miracles performed in our, in our midst. I want to see a greater expression of the supernatural because that's what we are promised. That was shown this in heaven and healthcare yesterday as well, and we've touched on this before. We are promised to do greater things than Jesus. That is in the Bible. That is God's heart because he is a generous God and he is saying we are part of an ever-increasing kingdom and we can pursue that with faith. Just as a practical step, I challenge you to actually start writing down some of the things that you want to happen. Um, we did this yesterday and um, you know, the stepping out in evangelism, that's something that basically at the start of, the, of each year, the last few years, I've wrote, written down my dreams of areas that I want to see God break through in. And there's something about putting it to paper and keeping it in front of you that keeps your focus there and actual fact encourages us, I think, to step out. So write down some of your dreams, put it on paper, and start seeking God just to bless you in those areas, fixing some goals there. And just rise there again. So keys that we looked at. Remember all that God has done in the past. Be encouraged by those around you and always be seeking to take greater steps. Look at what God has given you so far as the building block for the next level. Can we, can we stand and let's pray? Um, Tim, have we got ministry team around? So I'm going I'm to pray now for us corporately, but also if this morning... if you, If you feel that you're facing a giant in your personal life this morning that you want to see breakthrough in, go over there afterwards. Feel free to go get your kids first. And there we'll make ourselves available. We will pray for you and we will seek God for that. But let's just seek God together as a family now because we're excited. Uh, Lord God, we are so delighted in all that you have done. 
We are so grateful you are our saviour, you are our Lord, our King and our friend. And we thank you for the abundant blessing that you have poured out on us as your family, as sons and daughters, that your heart is just forever greater blessing on us. We thank you for the breakthroughs that we've seen, for your kingdom come in this place, in this city and wider and in this nation. And we just say, God, we seek you for more. We are hungry for more. God, we never want to settle. We want to trust that you are an infinite God, an infinitely loving, infinitely powerful, infinitely compassionate God, that we can always know more of you. And we pray for just greater breakthrough as a family in this place, in this city. We pray for an increase in your kingdom that we can partner with you. Pray for an outpouring of faith this morning on all of us. Lord, I pray for increased level of expectation. I pray that you will make us a people of great courage, that we will face down spiritual giants and see them defeated in your name for the blessing of those around us and for the blessing of this nation and this town. Lord, I just pray also for those of us that that, uh, seem to be at a standstill, that either that's an area that we're wanting to see you move in, that we're not seeing that as much as we would, or even that we're feeling that we've been set back, that we've been discouraged. I pray for breakthrough this morning for each of us. Well, I pray that, yes, new ground will be broken this morning, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit in abundance, and that you will show your love to this world through us. Hallelujah. God, we just give you all the glory. We say this is your kingdom. This is your kingdom, God. We do it all for your glory. Amen.